Hello, Hyrock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through the Gospel of Luke, and today we are in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 17, where we're going to see Jesus begin to um, involve the disciples more in doing the ministry that Jesus has been doing. So we're in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 17, where we read this. One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Take nothing for your journey, he instructed them. Don't take a walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave town. And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. So they began their, began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. When Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, heard about everything Jesus was doing, he was puzzled. Some were saying that John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. Others thought Jesus was Elijah or one of the other prophets risen from the dead. I beheaded John, Herod said. So who is this man about whom I hear such stories? And he kept trying to see him. When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything they had done. Then he slipped quietly away with them toward the town of Bethsaida. But the crowds found out where he was going, and they followed him. He welcomed them and taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were sick. Late in the afternoon, the twelve disciples came to him and said, Send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing to eat here in this remote place. But Jesus said, You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? For there were about 5,000 men there. Jesus replied, Tell them to sit down in groups of about 50 each. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is a, a passage we're going to be uh, talking about this uh, coming Sunday. So yesterday we we're talking about last Sunday. This week we're talking about this coming Sunday. And the disciples have just gone out on this journey. They're they're likely uh, excited. They're likely tired. And they have this crowd in front of them. And now uh, there's this this need they observe, these people are going to need something to eat. These people are going to need some place to go. We're not ready to handle all this. We should send them away. And Jesus is like, no, you do something about it. I want you to feed them. Well, what can they do? They only have, you know, they take inventory. They only have, you know, five loaves and two fish. What are you going to do with that? That's, that's nothing. But it is what they have. And Jesus begins to, you know, hand it out to them so that they can distribute it to the people. And it ends up being uh, more than enough to meet the need. Um, as I think about this, and I think about this transition that's happening now where Jesus is beginning to uh, involve the disciples in this mission, I think about uh, like the principles of leadership and coaching that people have discerned over time and come up with and, and how closely they really match what Jesus was already doing you know, thousands of years ago. Uh, one of the uh, uh, things like the, the discipleship or, or coaching uh, quad that we often talk about is like starts out phase one is... I will do it and you watch. That's what a leader says to the person they're coaching. I'm going to do it. You just watch me, you know, learn from watching. The second phase is 
I'm going to do it and you're going to help me. Now you're going to get involved. You're going to work alongside me. You're going to see how it's done. Phase three, the leader begins to step back and says, okay, you're going to do it now and I'm going to help you, but you're going to take the initiative. And then the final phase of coaching before people are on their own is, okay, now you're going to do it and I'm going to watch. I'll be able to you know, give you support and opinions if you need me, but otherwise you're, you're going to be doing this. And here, uh, you know, the, the uh, as we've talked about before, the Gospels are not biographies. Uh, the Gospels largely focus on the very tail end of uh, Jesus's life on earth. Uh, in fact, uh, probably half of each of the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, is just about the very last week of Jesus's life. So we're getting the tail end. So now Jesus is getting ready. He's beginning to prepare to hand this ministry over to people where he's not going to be there in, in his earthly form anymore. He's not going to be there with them. And so he's seems to be transitioning to where they're beginning to do ministry as well. And I think about those, you know, in, not only in just in leadership contexts as, as I'm training other people, but I think about it uh, in terms of where am I in, in my relationship with God? Like if the first phase is, you know, if you go from watching to helping to doing, uh, where am I? And, and, and is, is God inviting me, you know, to, 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 Take a step forward. I think a lot of us can spend uh, maybe too much time sometimes. Like some of us can be too eager to do things before we're ready. Like we need some time to, to be trained. That is that is true. But I think many of us find ourselves in this position where we spend too much time just watching and, and receiving. And, and really there's this invitation, if we're honest, and what we're learning in the word and, and, and the opportunities they ha we have around us. I think if we're, if we're you know, thoughtfully and prayerfully engaging with God, we'll begin to realize actually God is looking for us to begin um, helping and, and then eventually even doing. And I wonder if that could be a question that each of us needs to ask ourselves about where are we in this in this growth pro process, this discipleship process? Like discipleship isn't just about knowing more about Jesus. It's not just about, you know, being you know, even feeling more connected to Jesus in so many ways, it is joining with Jesus, partnering with Jesus in uh, hurting a lost and, uh, excuse me, serving a lost and hurting world. You know, if I'm, I'm honest and, and prayerful, I may find that God is inviting me to take yet another step forward in giving what little I have uh, to be used by Jesus to be multiplied and and helping to serve those I see around me. Dave, I'm wondering what you see in today's passage. Um, the thing actually I want to call attention to today uh, is the it's well in the covenant our denomination we call it the two-handed gospel and so here's what i what i see here verse two speaking of jesus to his disciples he said then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of god and to heal the sick two things uh and then coming around then to verse uh, was it 11 uh talking about now this is now jesus the, the crowds found out where he was going they followed him he welcomed them, he taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were sick. And I, I think that, uh, that that combination is actually very important. Um, I think there was a season in kind of the, then the, I'm saying with the capital C, the church, kind of our, our recent church history, where uh, uh, Western Christians were very, very keen to tell people about the kingdom of God but were inadequately concerned about demonstrating the love and power of God by healing the sick. So we would tell them about the love and power of God. We wouldn't demonstrate the love and power of God. In my experience, there's actually been then this pendular swing to the other extreme. 
where now there's all this pressure on Christians, you know, from within the Christian church to only demonstrate, right? Just let's heal the sick, but don't tell them about the kingdom of God. And, and I think both are equally deficient, right? Both are mistakes. We don't want to just demonstrate the power and love of God, but then not explain what it's pointing to, right? That, that, that temporary healing is, is only just a, a sign of the eternal healing that is available in Jesus. And I think love requires both. I think following Jesus, imitating Jesus clearly requires both because this is what Jesus did. And so I think as, as a, a church, as a Christian, we have the responsibility to do both, to announce the kingdom of God, to explain the kingdom of God, and to demonstrate the love and power of God that what his kingdom is full of. And, and, uh, and I think that it's probably a worthwhile um, kind of self-inventory of a Christian or of a church to be able to say, which one do we do? Which one do I do? Which one am I more comfortable with? Which one am I less comfortable with? And our tendency is, well, I'm more comfortable with this one, so I, I'm just going to do more and more and more of that. And I think, actually, Jesus calls us to do both. And so whichever one you feel more comfortable with, keep doing that. That's great. And do the other. Don't be afraid to demonstrate the love of God. Don't be afraid to talk about the love of God. Those things go together. Um, the other thing I, I would note here uh, is the, I think that um, I had never really understood early on this whole thing. Uh, see, verse um, verse five. And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you will abandon these people to their fate. Uh, and I just thought, what, what exactly, like, what's the meaning of that? And, and the real story is that there was this sense uh, that Gentile towns were kind of contaminated, right? They're polluted by the Gentile uh, idolatry and the Gentile ideologies and the Gentile, like just their whole corrupt way of life. And they ate pigs and they were disgusting and they sacrificed to idols. Gross. And so we didn't want the dust, their dust to be on us. We just wanted ugh, nothing. No, like, you know, sort of the, it's just a, a grown up religious version of cooties, you know, like, ah, it's, ah, it's on me. And, uh, and so, but that's what Jews did very commonly with Gentiles. But what Jesus is saying, and I think this is just such an important piece, is Jesus is sending people into the towns of the Jews, right? Jesus, who is a Jew, is sending his disciples, all of whom are Jews, and sends them out into the villages and says, okay, if, if they don't welcome you when you're teaching about the kingdom of God and demonstrating his love and power, well, then shake the dust of their town off your feet. Right? And what, you, what you're actually doing is, is a testimony to say, you guys are impure. Yeah, I know you got the right bloodline. And yeah, I know you got the right kind of like check the right theology boxes. You pass the test. But you don't understand the kingdom of God. You're not engaging the kingdom of God. You're not actually relating to God. And so it's a testimony that they themselves were missing out on this great salvation that God had been promising to bring the world through the Jews. And yet now some of the Jews themselves were going to miss it, even as God was delivering fully on this promise. They, they wanted to make clear that this mattered. Here again, I feel like today, so often the way that we interact with people, we're talking about these ideas, is we want to pretend like it doesn't matter. But you know what? I think it does matter. And I think love for people who disagree with us 
we, we want to be respectful of everyone. We want to have appropriate humility. Essential. But we don't want to have so much humility that we aren't honest. Right? That we, we don't come through and say, no, that this matters. It has consequences. And now I, I'm not your judge and I'm not going to force you to do anything. I'm not, I can't, you know, coerce you. I don't want to coerce you. But I do want to tell you, I want to you know, exhort you to, to receive this gift that God is making available because it matters. And here again, I feel like as Christians, we've, we've gone from, you know, obscene arrogance about all the things that we thought we knew to now the opposite extreme of excessive humility and not being willing to say the things that we do know. Hmm. Yeah, I think of it as a contrast between humility and courage. We, we, we want to have the, you know, humility prevents us from having certainties, but mm -hmm. courage demands that we have convictions, that Amen. we have to have things that we're willing to, to stake, you know, with confidence, stake ourselves on and, and recognize we might be wrong, but I'm going to have skin in the game and invest in it. That's a, a good question for us to address, and I would love to pray for us right now about that very thing. Yeah, please do. Our good and gracious God, we thank you that Jesus was such an incredible teacher, that, that Jesus could understand. I, I mean, he had the design documents. He's the one who created us. He knows how we work. He knew that we needed not only the ideas, but the, the, the signs that would point to these things so that we could not just understand them, but, but believe them, to trust in them. Lord, we thank you that, uh, that these signs and wonders pointed to ultimate realities that can be part of our lives. Lord, help us also to be willing to do both things, to share with people the truth as we understand it. The truth is, is has been revealed through your spirit, but at the same time, Lord, also to love people in radical ways like Jesus did, like he called the disciples to do and that you call us to do, so that people might begin to even look and understand that you are the God behind these signs and wonders. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this coming week, this coming uh, Sunday, I should say, uh, Pastor Megan is going to be preaching on this passage. And you know, you and I, John, we've already got to see her sermon. And she just comes at it from such an interesting new angle. And I, I was just really, really encouraged and challenged by it. Uh, so, we're looking forward to continue our study through through Luke, and I hope that you are learning as much as we're doing this as we are and enjoying it as much as we are. Friends, we hope to see you tomorrow. God bless. <laughs>